Welcome back to DCOM Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And you always say it in the exact same tone. Do you notice that? Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just my announcing voice. <laughs> I don't it's know like my customer say. service voice. Hey, what can I what can I get you? Oh my god, if I'm talking to someone who's like important, important in quotations, my voice goes up fourteen octaves. That was me whenever I answered the quote, the phone. Well, whenever I first started, whenever I before I quit, I stopped caring. But usually, I was like, "Hi, shoe department, how can I help you?" Yeah, if somebody, if like, if my boss calls, I'll be like, "Hi, hello, what can, <laughs> hello, what can I do?" All right, sorry. Uh, this week we watched Don't Look Under the Bed. Kelly, would you like to share Ooh. some stuff about Don't oh Look my Under God. the Bed? So, Don't Look Under the Bed was, like, the decom that sticks out the most to me because I was so scared of it for so long. And honestly, like, when you watch this again, even as an adult, like, it's not as scary, but it's still very scary it's to still, think about, like, right. a, well, I was two when this came out, but <laughs> to think about, like, a five-year-old me seeing this, that's I, so scary. I have only seen commercials, and from the commercials, I was like, I'm never watching that because they would show uh, the one guy as the boogeyman, and I was like, that, just like this commercial is fucking terrifying. It's so scary. So, um, yeah, I was really terrified of it. But then I also had this, like, fascination with it because, like, um, I have anxiety, fun fact. So, like, whenever I was a kid, I was really interested in, like, being able to, like, control it. Like, I, I had that. Or, like, if something, like, scared me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I used to be really terrified of the... Music video for Fall Out Boy, A Little Less Sixteen Candles, A Little More Touch Me. It's the one with the vampires. The one with the vampires. <laughs> and I remember, like, I had to, like, it took me years to, like, go back to it and watch it <laughs> again. Well, to, like, yeah. figure out, like, what made me so scared about it. And, like, it was, like, always in my head. I was like, oh, like, remember that music video? And then, like, it wasn't even until, like, high school, I think, where I actually, like, looked it up myself and watched it. Yeah, I don't think it's so much, like, conquering the fear. It's just, like, I'm, like, feel scared all the time, so this is a scared thing that I, like, can control. Like, I can choose to watch it or not watch it. And because of that, I was like, maybe I should watch it and then not be scared. But that didn't end up happening for a long time. So. Were you scared when you watched this? Um, I did want Maddie to watch it with us. Our Kelly roommate. watched it in the middle of the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> I made our roommate watch it with me because some of the parts are still scary to me, and I don't care because I'm five years old, so it's fine. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this also came out in 1999, like I kind of mentioned. October like 9th. Halloween so, movie, yeah. Probably. October 9th. Right around then. Um, so, the star of this movie, her name is Erin Chambers. And I saw her, and I was like, she looks really familiar. And whenever I looked her up, she's mostly just a soap opera actress. But, do you remember the pilot episode of Drake and Josh, whenever Josh has a crush on a girl, and so he makes Drake be his arms and play guitar for her? Or No. Okay. Well, but I, I get meant, the storyline from that. <laughs> okay, well, in the middle of it, he also, like, learned kung fu because she had, like, a boyfriend or whatever. And, I don't know. But she's the girl from the pilot episode. <laughs> but not the one that Drake gets married to. No, that was Josh's um, fake country. I was about to say Yugoslavia, but it's not Yugoslavia. So, fake country, uh, his pen pal, and they, like, love goats. And they get married in a They ceremony. accidentally get married. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hum, taya. It's part of the part that they say in the ceremony. <laughs> well, so that's your Drake and Josh trivia for today. <laughs> um, uh, this movie also has Larry from Even Stevens. Yeah, he's played by Ty Hodges. 
Um, and whenever I looked at his IMDb, I found out he was in The Challenge, the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, and I don't remember him from The Challenge. He was also in this movie called A Midsummer's Night Rave, which, um, I can't remember who the other person I know who is in this is, but I want to watch this movie, and I'd have to, like, buy it from Amazon, like, not be able to rent it, but, like, buy a DVD copy to Mm. be able to watch it. I'm just so interested in what kind of, like, bullshit that would be. Remember when we watched Hamlet with Ethan Hawke and Julia Stiles, and he did To Be or Not To Be in a blockbuster? Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I really prefer 10 Things I Hate About You as far as Shakespeare <laughs> renditions featuring Julia Stiles, but also she's very good in Save the Last Dance, Save the Dance for Me. I don't know. I like Julia Stiles. I'm a big... Dance fan of Julia Stiles. I really hate when people try and do her dirty in articles. There's like, like these 23, articles, 23 celebrities use, they who are dead this, now. It's always this picture of Julia Stiles and like she obviously was like not prepared for paparazzi. She's not wearing any makeup. She looks fine. She's not wearing any makeup but she's like walking. It's like cold outside. She's like a scarf probably holding a coffee or something and it's all like these stars who are dirt poor, or it's like, these stars who transitioned, and they say Julia Stiles transitioned into Ansel Elgort. (laughs) (laughs) I hate clickbait about Julia Stiles. It's so mean. I love Julia Stiles. People keep using that picture of Julia Stiles for clickbait articles, and we're not here for it. No, we love Julia Stiles. We support you. We do. Julia Stiles, if you're out there, (laughs) we love you. Yeah, okay. Um, So anyway, some of the other people, Robin Riker is the mom from Brink. She's the mom in this movie. She looked familiar to me, and that's why she was familiar. But she was also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was, like, a witch or something. Um, She was in Wizards of Waverly Place, apparently. She was in Reba. Do you remember her from that? I did. I mentioned it whenever we watched Brink. She played Van's mom in an episode. And I probably mentioned this in Brink, too, but she's in Read It and Weep. I'm pretty sure she plays, like, the publicist or whatever. So... Um, there's also Steven Toblowski. Is that the dad? Yes. He's been in everything, but yes. obviously every time I see him, I recognize him from Freaky Friday. Well, I couldn't figure out what I recognized him from, and I was, like, going down, and I was like, oh, well, he was in the Mindy Project. He's okay. been in, like, everything. I, I wrote Glee. down a bunch of stuff. He's been in, like you said, Freaky Friday, the Mindy Project, Miss Congeniality 2, Memento. He was a big part in Memento, which I still can't tell you how that movie ends. I don't know what that is. Uh, he was in Thelma and Louise, Glee, Reba, Malcolm in the Middle, That 70s Show. True among, Jackson like, VP. True Jackson VP. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Among, like, he's been, like, in at least one episode of, like, every show ever made. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that, and they're usually dad characters. Yeah. But obviously, I recognize him from Freaky Friday because I can quote Freaky Friday verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, and most importantly, Darwin is played by Jack Saxon, which, first of all, he's listed very low in the script, and he's, like, a major part of this movie, but that's fine. Um, he plays Bobby Tripp in Seventh Heaven, and who is Bobby Tripp, <laughs> you're wondering? I had to do a lot of research to try and figure it out. He's this little kid who, like, bullies Ruthie on the playground, and he's like, I saw your underwear, and she's like, don't say that. I don't like that, and then they, like, get into a fight or something, and then all of his siblings and all of the Seventh Heavens, like, duke it out, except then they all turn on Ruthie and Bobby, and then they just, like, become friends, and Ruthie Ruthie and Bobby have to, like, figure it out on their own, apparently. <laughs> um, I think this is also whenever Mrs. Candom, Camden is pregnant with the twins, but I wouldn't swear on that. I don't know. It's a long show. There's a lot of seasons <laughs> and a lot of kids. So, that's all I have on the actors. Do you have Same. anything? I no. have um, some fun facts. Fast facts, if you will. <laughs> Shout out to the office ladies! Woo! So, first fast fact is that the director of this movie is Kenneth Johnson and he directed Xenon. 
Oh my god. Yeah. Love that. Um, I have another fast fact to share, but I have to wait till the end of the podcast, so. I think I know what it is. Yeah, I've told Elizabeth this kind of before, before we is knew it we about were going to do this podcast. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I just Ooh. made a hand motion Ooh. so you guys wouldn't You'll see. figure out. <laughs> okay, so this movie stars a girl named Frances, I forget what her last name is. Uh, I don't Because her middle name is Bacon. Yeah. So her name is Frances Bacon. And I was like, I know that's like a history person, but I don't remember who. Uh, He was just like a 16th century British philosopher who like invented the scientific method. His name's Frances Bacon. Her brother's name is, oh my God, it's Darwin. Albert. Oh, Albert. Oh, because I was like, I I obviously know Darwin for like evolution, but I didn't get Bert. Because they call him Bert. It's not Albert, but that makes more sense. That makes sense. So, um, the intro to the movie is these spooky hands with scary nails, and I hate it so much. Ooh, They're, like, I, long and disgusting and, I like, yellow. Always, like, as a child, like, long, like, scary, sharp nails freaked me out. I'll get to this in Twitches, because they, like, briefly showed that, and I remember it scaring me. But, like, also, as a person who's never had fingernails that went past their actual finger, because I picked them off... I hate, like, long, pointy fingernails. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, even the beginning of this movie, I don't like it. I hate the hands. I hate it. That's one of, like, the creepiest parts, but not the creepiest part. Just, like, (laughs) one of it. Oh, it's so much. So, Frances is, like, narrating, and she says she lives in Middleburg, a mid-sized town in the middle of the country. Um, and she says Middleburg... (laughs) Middleburg is, um, a regular town... And she's like, Middleburg is where I live, but so is something else. She's like, something else lives here, like, right off the back. And as she's, like, narrating, we're seeing, like, spooky shots of the town at night while we watch this girl sleeping in her bed, who we assume is Frances. Yeah, and obviously, because we have a um, podcast about movies, we know nothing about cinematography, but they're, like, (laughs) shaking the camera and, like, doing all these, like, turny, twisty Um, shots. I took film appreciation at community college. I took (laughs) film arts at our high school. So did I. (laughs) But they didn't talk about, like, (laughs) nothing. (laughs) Like, film techniques. Um, But, yeah, they're just trying to, like, make it spooky, but this is, like, she's seeing all this happening in her dream, because we see her kind of, like, tossing and turning. We see, like, her eyes moving, like, beneath her closed eyelids. Ooh, she's in some REM sleep. Rapid (laughs) eye movement, ladies and gents. Um, so, while we're in this, like, little dream, like, vision state, we see a clock is turning back, and we have, like, these low, um, shots in the camera, that's what I was trying to say. And then we see a creepy hand move behind Frances as she sleeps, and I hate it. It's literally 18 girls sleeping in bed, and then there's a hand in the room, and it's so wrong for so many reasons. I hate it. Um, we also hear, like, these whispers that are like, Franny. Uh, and they call her Franny. I hate it. I hate it. Um, and then all of, a sar- all of a sudden, we see all of the alarms speed up like three hours and then go off mm-hmm. yeah so we cut to the parents alarm clocks going off and so mom starts waking up all the kids she's saying their names and then as she like goes into francis's room there's this like scary shadow with like the nails and like this whole thing and she's just like waking her up and then we pan over and we see it's just mom like telling her to get up get ready for school um uh, and th- yeah that's when we hear the creature say her name 
And then there's this doll head that moves. Uh. We see it like 20 times in the film. It doesn't have anything to do with the movie at all. It just all. like adds like, I don't know, just like a creepy element. I didn't write down all the times that it moves because it really, it doesn't. Yeah, it's just basically anytime she's in her room and asleep, it moves. And, and yeah, and then there's like the presence of this creature or whatever. The doll head moves and we like know it's there. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, so then we cut to in the kitchen and the whole family is tired. It's still dark outside. Yeah, they're talking um, about how dark <laughs> it is and how early it feels or whatever. But dad's like, well, I go off the scientific blah, 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 blah. So our clocks can't be wrong. Uh, and then he notices that there's two dozen eggs from the refrigerator missing. They just bought two dozen eggs and they're all missing. They're a family of five. Why do they need two dozen eggs? I I don't know. How many eggs do you eat in the morning? I don't, I've never I don't know. I didn't do breakfast as a child. Me neither. <laughs> I still don't do breakfast. I don't know why I said as a child. Um, so then they realize that it's actually 4.23 a.m. Um, so, and then we realize, uh, we see Frances back in her room and she can't get back to sleep. And then we see this, like, the hands, the nails rip open this dog bag on the roof to lure the dog onto the roof. Well, they're, okay, so earlier, during breakfast, they're talking, like, she's talking about Bert. Bert is her older brother who's, like, really annoying and he doesn't want to do his chores. And they're like, well, once you go off to college, Frances will have to pick up the slack or something. And then Frances says something about, like, dogs on the roof. And so that's why oh, this I didn't happens. notice that. Yeah. So the the creepy hand like cuts a, a line into the yeah, dog Yeah, that trees. just the nail cuts Ugh, open the dog food bag. It. Yeah. And so there's like Which is these hard treats. enough to get open with just your hands. <laughs> yeah, there's these treats and the we hear some dogs like barking and stuff. And somehow this dog that's whining gets onto the roof. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. <laughs> so we cut to morning now and Frances is going outside and she's talking to her best friend Joe. And she's uh, talking about, like, she skipped a grade, and so she's going to high school. real? Do people really skip a grade? <laughs> there was one kid in my grade school who skipped a grade, so I guess sometimes. I think it just depends on, like, how old they are, like, if they're mature enough, because that's something that our parents talk about a lot. They're like, yeah, because, is she like, mature enough to, like, preschool, be... You get held back if you're not, like, mature enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she meets her friend outside, and they walk to school, because Francis says, nobody rides the bus to high school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... So Francis's friend Joe starts talking to Bert, and you can tell that, like, oh, she has a crush on Bert, but Bert just kind of, like, blows them off and is like, okay, bye. And then Joe says that her clocks also got messed up in the morning, and they woke them up at, like, 4.23 a.m. Yeah, and so Francis is like, hmm, this is weird, and she's big into science, because, you know, she's smart and she skips she's degrees. Francis Bacon. You know... They were really pushing um, STEM onto kids, like, when we were kids. Didn't know that, didn't realize, <laughs> but they really love science in these movies. Also, at this point, they also see everyone's dogs are on the roof, and Francis is like, there's a logical explanation. But also, like, they're not like, let's go tell them that their dogs are on the roof <laughs> yeah. so they can get them down. They don't say anything. Um, yeah, and so... As they, like, walk up to the school, we see Larry Beal is sitting on a rock and staring. <laughs> and Joe can't see him, but Francis can, because she's like, what is that guy staring she's at? She's like, this guy's, like, checking us. Because he's really, like... <laughs> he like, definitely he's, is. He's intently <laughs> looking at them. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell he's, like, on the hunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, that guy's just, like, checking us out. And she's like, I don't see anything. Yeah, and so Francis points to him. And when she does that, he, like, points to himself. And he kind of, like, looks at her. And Joe's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no one is there. And she's like, that, he, was, he was just there. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so then as Francis, uh, Joe leaves to go to the middle school. And as Francis walks into high school, we see him, like, looking down at her, like, from the roof. There's, like, this little, um, 
like doorway that's kind of like comes out from the building a little bit and he's like mm-hmm. sitting like on top of that. Yeah, and he's like watching her cuz he's like why can she see me? Right. So it's a weird thing. So in biology class, Francis is learning about eggs. <laughs> yeah, no, Maddie pointed this out. She's like, "Oh, they're talking about embryos." Ha ha ha. And then they start talking more about, like, eggs and stuff. They were all in chickens, though. They're not, like, human eggs. Yeah. While this is happening, we see all these eggs being dropped on the car, on the car of a professor, the teacher that Francis talked to earlier this morning. We didn't mention that, but it's not that important. But um, all these eggs are being dropped, and we think, hmm, there are two dozen eggs missing from Francis's house. How weird is that? Right. And we see that Larry Beale, he's still like on like on the school roof thing and he notices and he looks confused and he's like, oh, these are coming from the roof. I got to go check it out. So then we know that it's not Larry Beale doing that because he's not the one dropping the eggs. Just right. So he know. runs up to the roof and he finds like a billion empty egg cartons. Oh, also his name is not Larry Beale in this movie. It's just Larry. But, well, his but, name's Larry Houdini, but... But we get to that later. We're calling him Larry Beale because he's Larry Beale and even Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Ren, God, and F. <laughs> okay, so then um, Francis, in the middle of class, asks his teacher about um, the clocks. Just, like, in the middle of the class, she's like, I'm connecting research. Yeah, and then... Did your clock set you, wake you up this morning at the wrong time? Just, well, like, in the middle of class. Like, shut up. <laughs> well, she was talking during class, and he was like, what are you talking about? So she, like, asked, and he's like, yeah, it did. Like, that's weird that you know that. And she's like, well, everyone's did, apparently. She's like, I can't figure it out. I thought it might be to do with some, like, power grid or something, but <laughs> it's all over the place. And then, for a brief second, she sees Larry in class, but no one else sees him. Right. Um, so then outside, the teacher finds his car covered in egg, and he drives a convertible, like, a very nice convertible, as a high school science teacher. Um, and then he immediately asks Francis if she did it. Well, I think the reason he asks is because they talked in the morning, so she, like, knew it was his car or something. I don't know. But he also thinks it's sketchy that she was asking about the clocks, which, like, isn't that weird? Like, if my clocks went off three hours early, I'd be asking other people about it, too. Right. yeah, she, he blames Francis for some reason, and then later on, we see Larry is on the roof with a dog, and he's wearing these, like, glasses, and so is the dog, and he's watching Joe and Francis talk. I They're also, on their way home from school. Francis is telling her, she's like, yeah, I keep seeing this guy everywhere, like, I don't know who he is, and Joe's like, you're weird. <laughs> Um, Joe is also, I wrote BFB, a.k.a. best friend's brother. A best friend's brother <laughs> is the, the one for me. <laughs> so she asks again about Bert, and then Francis is like, what's going on with that? Uh, um, well, and then, like, through this conversation, we realize that Bert did something, like, medically to save their little brother's life. We don't really know what it is yeah. yet, but they talk about, like, all those needles in you, and yeah, it's briefly, like, 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 touched on and then moved on. hmm and so, at this point, Francis is like, you like him? And she's like, ah, la, la, la. Like, don't but, tell anyone. Yeah, she's like, I promise not to tell him, like, whatever. And then Francis sees Larry again, and she asks if he's following her. Right, and then Joe she, has uh, split off and gone home at this point. Right. And then he's like, you can see me? And she's like, yeah. And as, like, a bus drives by as this happens, and then he just, like, disappears. Right. And so Francis <laughs> is like, am I going crazy? What is going on? Um, so then we cut to the pool and someone is, well, Francis is like narrating at this point. She's like, it wasn't the only weird thing that happened today. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we see the swimming pool. There's gelatin in the swimming pool. It's red jello. Yeah. So what happens is somebody like goes up to dive and they dive in and then they get stuck like head first and their legs are just like kicking out of the water. But 
when you dive, you look at the water, you would see it was red. You wouldn't dive in. So. Um, there's bees in the principal's office. <laughs> I found that really funny. I don't know why. They were just, like, attacking the principal. Um, so the school and bus was flooded. Yeah, a school bus was flooded. And then also there are bees graffitied Like everywhere. the letter B. Yeah, it's graffitied all over the place. All, like, on the sidewalks, on people's shoes, on, on buildings. No one knows who's responsible, but Frances narrated, and she's like, but everyone wanted someone to blame. Oh, um, uh, so at night, Francis is asleep, and we see a shadow walking up the driveway, and they're planting flowers in the yard, and then they go, Franny, and then Francis wakes up. Mm-hmm. I hate <laughs> it. Um, so then we cut to the parents interrogating Bert, and they're asking if he did all these pranks, because Bert is, like, irresponsible or something, and his name starts with a B, so they're, like, the B is graffitied everywhere, and he's just like, no, like, I didn't do that. Right, this is the next morning, and Dad is also like, uh, my gelatin is missing. Yeah, he was gonna make some gelatin thing for dinner. I don't know. <laughs> and then everyone's just like, well, if it's not Bert, it's gotta be Francis. <laughs> Apparently, that's the only logical explanation. Right, so then Francis walks outside and sees Joe, and she's, Joe is super angry, mm-hmm. and we realize that the flowers that were planted last night say, Joe Hartbert. Yeah, it's not good. And then, at this point, this is so stupid. This is another one of, like, the weird things that doesn't really matter or make sense, but happens anyway. At this point, they have this weird, like, creepy pig mailbox, and it turns around and looks at Francis. Uh, There's a lot of inanimate objects that just move and watch Francis for no reason. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with, like, the creature that we've been mentioning Maybe it is the creature. Maybe he's taking the form of all these inanimate objects. Well, um, I don't know. (laughs) Um, so then Frances gets to school, she walks to school, and she sees that everyone in the schoolyard is frozen, and just, like, isn't moving except for her, and then the bell rings, and everyone just is unfrozen and starts walking again. Yeah. So then we see the scary chicken skin hand again. That's how I explained it this time, because it looks extremely gross. Yeah, I have, like, slimy hands on the roof. Yeah, it's so gross. Uh, Frances walks into school, and all of the lockers are graffitied with bees, and everyone is staring at Frances because her locker... That for some reason they all know it's her locker is the only one without a bee, um, and everyone obviously thinks she did it, especially whenever she opens her locker and there's a bee on the inside. Yeah, that doesn't make sense though. That doesn't make sense either. Do that, why would you? Why? I don't know. People aren't that dumb. <laughs> um, so then in the cafeteria, Larry comes up and she's like, "Hey, did you like do all this stuff?" Um, the oh, wait, no, 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 yeah. no. The people at school are asking her if the she did p- this Yeah, stuff. the people at school are asking Frances if she... I keep wanting to call her Franny, because we just watched Shameless. <laughs> um, the guy comes up in the cafeteria and asks her if she did all, did all the stuff, and she's like, no. Um, and then she sees Larry in a suit looking through binoculars. She's, like, sitting on a lunch table. And he waves her over. He's like, oh, hey, it's you. Like, come on. Um, so she confronts him, and he proves that no one else can see him. And this is when he finally, he's finally like, my name is Larry Houdini. Well, yeah, and then Francis gets on the fucking table and is like, can you guys see him? Can you see him? And they're all just like, what is she doing? <laughs> I was like, this fucking crazy. Well, yeah, and then they all think she's crazy because she's, like, talking about him, and he's not there, and they already think that she, like, did all these weird pranks around town. Right, um, and then Larry says that he, she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm an imaginary friend. And she's like, I don't have an imaginary friend. She's like, well, and he's like, well, I'm not your imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I think I was sent here to help you. He's like, you know who egged your teacher's car? The boogeyman. And Franny's like, uh, okay. Yeah, and then he's like, well, I think you're being framed. 
And she's like, oh, this is whenever she, like, stands up and does that whole thing. Yeah. Everyone thinks she's crazy. Because then after she does that, she's called into the principal's office. Right. And, so, okay, first of all, she gets called into the principal's office, and they think that the pranks are her fault because her middle name is Bacon, and that starts yeah. with B. <laughs> That's their logic. I would, if I was, like, tagging something, I definitely would not go by A. It's, <laughs> neither would I. It's, uh, Our it's, middle name is Anne. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, they're basically, like... Well, this can't be done by one person. So, like, it's the principal and a teacher. And, like, you, this can't be done by one person. You're leading a gang of pranks. A gang of so many laughs and pranks. Well, yeah, and her science teacher is also there. And he thinks it was sketchy that she had that list of people. Of, like, yeah, she's like, that's the people in your gang. Yeah, they're like, oh, your alarm, did it go off? And she's like, no, I was just, like, curious. Coincidence, I think not exactly that's basically what's going down and her parents are all worried and they're like why are you doing this why are you acting out is it because you're too young are you too immature for co- for high school uh, i don't think they're there yet uh, well the therapist is also like saying all these things she's just like talking about how that the transition might, the might yeah, be hard i don't have that the parents are i think that happens later yeah um but she tries to explain larry to them and then all of a sudden larry shows up in this hockey year and francis is like oh that's him and then he like no, he, like, walks by the door, and Francis is like, that's him. So then she tries to, like, chase him through the school. Yeah, she chases him through the school, and they're just like, what the fuck is she doing? And so she, like, chases him. They end up in this, like, music room, and she finally, like, catches him. And she's like, why are you here? And he says that a little voice in his head sent him there to help. And then and then at that point, that's when the teachers come in, and Francis is like, look, he's here. But they can't see him, and she still doesn't get that no one else can see him. Even though she's told him, and everyone at school laughed at her, but right. they're like, they really think something is wrong with Francis now, so they're like, okay, you go this lie is, down in the hallway. Yeah, and this is whenever they call in Mob to come and talk to the oh, principal yeah. and um, the teachers and stuff. So she's, like, lying down in the hall with a cold rag, and this is where we learn in the meeting with the mom and the teachers that their little brother, Darwin, had leukemia, and Bert gave him a bone marrow transplant to save his life. Well, we find this out because the counselor has this theory about how she was upset that she had to donate bone marrow to um, <laughs> Yeah, she just walked around with lost bone marrow. And she's just so mad about it. And they're like, okay, well, it wasn't her, though. It was Bert. Right. <laughs> Uh, but we also learned that Darwin is in remission, so that's yeah. Um, so while Franny Francis is on the bench, she's kind of like half asleep. All of a sudden, this smoke comes out from like under the bench, and these stuffed animal heads move, and the and the hand reaches for Francis, and she says, "Can Franny come out to play?" I hate it. It was horrible. <laughs> but right before um, it does anything, the bell rings. She wakes up, and it disappears. And the mom and the teachers come out, and the mom says, she's like, oh, I know you're not pulling these pranks. Mm-hmm. Um, so at home, mom starts asking questions, and Frances tries to explain that she didn't do it. Uh, Frances uh, goes up to her room, and this is whenever mom and dad are like, she might not be mature enough for high school, and that's why she's acting out. And mom suggests that there's some sort of mind control going on. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> that must be what it is. She's hypnotized. It's right. All these children are hypnotized through, like, TV or something. <laughs> yeah. I d- they never really explain exactly what their parents do, but I'm guessing they must be, like, psychologists or something. Yes. Because they also talk about, like, I don't know, all these theories and all their kids are, like, no, they scientists do. No, they do explain what their dad does at the end of the movie, I think. Oh. Okay. I don't remember. But they don't but, explain what their mom does. Yeah. Um, so, Frances is up in her room, and she finds shoes with that, like, tracked the flowers from outside. They're, like, her shoes. 
Um, so then Darwin comes in at this point, and he's like, is there really a boogeyman, Francis? And she's like, no, like, that's not real. That's just something that, like, kids make up to, like, scare other kids. And Darwin says some kid named Larry told kids at the park about the boogeyman. And Francis is like, really? Like, what, what did he look like? And Darwin goes, I don't know. I couldn't see him. Mm-hmm. And at this point, a creepy hand, like, reaches out of the mirror and tries to touch Francis, but she's, like, not facing it, and then just, like, goes back into the mirror. And so then we cut to the basketball court, and Larry is there, and Francis is going to confront him. Right. He's wearing a karate outfit as well. Uh, yeah. So, so Francis yells at him that he hypnotized the teachers into not seeing him. And all of a sudden, Larry starts, like, hearing, like, electronic feedback in his head, like, like dial-up. <laughs> and then he shows Francis. He's do he's like walking on like air kind of doing like this airborne handstand yeah. and Francis is like finally starting to believe that he's not human basically. And then all of a sudden Larry's like I need to go to the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go to the library and we see that like all these children can see Larry. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and, and then, he says that the kids can see him because they believe in imaginary friends. Right. And Francis accuses him of all the pranks, and he says, like, no, it's not me. And then he says again, the guy in my head sent me here. And so he hears, yeah, that noise, and they're at the library. Um, and they find <laughs> what's called the boogie book by Guy and Head, yes. as in Guy in Head, mm-hmm. and it's dedicated to Larry. So again, Francis is still starting to come on. And at the same time, these kids are having, like, a digital storytelling of Peter Pan. So this woman on a screen, reading Peter Pan that the kids are watching. Yeah, on this horrible, like, big 1990s TV, and it says, like, story It's like the TV is, like, two inches big, and the rest of it's just, like, this big, like, red wall, like, portable wall around it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they didn't have, like, an actual person come in to read Peter Pan. That would have been so much better. It's so they could do these funny things that happen next. Right, so then Larry just randomly starts entertaining the children. And the entire time the librarian is, like, shushing these children who are unsupervised. Yeah, they keep laughing at him, but, like, she obviously can't see Larry. Mm -hmm. So Larry, like, goes into the screen and starts telling them about the boogeyman. Um, And he's like, by pulling the covers over yourself, he can't get you, which is really reassuring. It is reassuring. I really appreciate that. Um, and then he does, like, all these tricks on the table. He does, like, all these backflips and messes with the librarian. All the kids think it's fucking hilarious. And Frances finally believes him, and she checks out the boogie book. Mm-hmm. Boogie book from the library. Uh, so walking home, Larry reads from the book while Frances is still like, there must be a logical explanation for all of this. <laughs> um, so we uh, come to learn that the boogeyman lives under your bed. Frances has not recently looked under her bed, so she wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, Larry disappears. Well, she decides to go check, and then Larry's like, deuces. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but whenever she gets home, her parents are disappointed at her, and they're like, where have you been? What's going on? Um, they are, like, yelling at her, but then they're just like, okay, it's fine. Go to your room. Um, well, they think she did it, and they're like, you know what? We're going to invite the guidance counselor over for dinner. Yeah, well, they're like, she needs professional help. Yeah. Um, so the creepy doll follows Frances as, like, as she walks into her room, and I hate that part. Um, she goes to look under her bed, and she hears roaring, but it's just Larry, and he says, he's, hey. like, up on top of her bed. Yeah. Now, it just appears. Yeah, he's just like, hey, it's, like, the boogeyman isn't under there during the day. Right, he's, at, yeah, and at the same time, he's reading from the boogie book, and he's like, hey, there's this device that we could use to catch him. 
Uh, so Darwin walks in. He can't see Larry. Um, and we find out at this point that Larry was actually Darwin's imaginary friend, but mm-hmm. Darwin doesn't believe in him anymore. Yeah, and the entire time Larry's like, Darwin, like Darwin, what's yeah, going he's on? Like, Look like, at me. Like, why can't? Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you see me? Yeah, and Darwin doesn't see him. Um, and Francis reveals that she was actually the one who told Darwin that it was childish to believe in imaginary friends. And ooh, at this point. Larry's eyes glow pink and green. Mm-hmm. It's like green, like in the whites, and then pink in the irises. And he says, like in a really scary voice, "You did it." And she's like, "What is wrong with you?" And he says, "Oh, it's just allergies. It's just allergies." It's so. Oh my god, it's so scary. And like, the, he's also like going at her, like, "You did this." Like, he wasn't ready to stop believing right. an imaginary friend. He he's, still yeah, needs he my help. Yelling at Francis, and Francis is like, "No, like." He couldn't hold on to, like, this imaginary thing. He needed to believe in the doctors. He needed to be realistic. Which, like, I am not a fan of it. Like, he was a child. Well, yeah. It's, like, having an imaginary friend probably would have been comforting, in, like, during leukemia. <laughs> well, but she's, like, crying at this time because she, we, like, we'll learn more about it. But she just feels, like, really scared about the entire thing. And, like, she's a child, too. So, like, that would be scary if your sibling had cancer. Right. And, and then Larry accuses, accuses Francis of not wanting to give him her bone marrow. Yeah. And then she's like, I couldn't. Like, I wasn't a match. Dar- or Bert was the only one who could. Right. And, and then Larry is just mad and he walks out of the Yeah. Room. Um, so later that night, Larry comes into Darwin's room in a cowboy outfit. Uh, we see uh, Frances is asleep. Her eyes start moving under her eyelids. Uh, smoke fills her room, and then the creature laughs. And then while he's in Darwin's room, Larry hears footsteps on the roof, so he goes to check it out. And he covers Darwin's head with the blanket whenever he's leaving. He still has, like, the scary eyes at this point, but he's still, like, looking out for Darwin, trying to help him. So he covers his head, because if he's covered by his blankets, the Boogeyman can't get you, so. Right. And then as he's leaving, we also see a black cowboy, because, well, Larry's black. (laughs) I've never seen even Stevens. (laughs) But I'm saying this because we see a black cowboy action figure on Darwin's nightstand, so we can kind of, like, start to make this connection Mm -hmm. that, like, what Larry is comes from, like, Darwin and who he is and his imagination and the things he has. Right. Um, Um, So Larry goes and he wakes up Francis and he says the boogeyman's on the roof. He's also in a fireman's outfit. Yes. (laughs) And so um, they decide to go outside to see what's going on and they see all these Christmas lights. And then Larry says that he's going to go up on the roof and like confront the boogeyman. At first I thought it was Christmas time and I was like, how did I miss this? And then I was like, if we're in the middle of America, it would be fucking cold outside. Yeah. (laughs) But then I realized it's not supposed to be there. It's not Christmas time. Yeah, and so um, Francis goes to get a ladder, but Larry just, like, teleports onto the roof because he's <laughs> an imaginary friend, and apparently they can do that. And so we see a scary hand, and it's, like, hanging lights, making these sounds, and um, Larry tries to go sneak up on the boogeyman, and he steps on a light, and it crashes, and then we see the boogeyman for the first time. It is fucking terrifying! It's so scary. It's, like, this Victorian-looking, like, person, and they have, like, this, like, scraggly hair. It kind of looks like a Twilight vampire mixed with, like, scary, even more scary. I don't know. It's like if they, like, squeezed, like, parts of their face, and then their face just, like, never went back. It just stayed, like, scrunched up. Yeah. And then it's also, like, pulled back. And there's also just, like, needles, like, long needles sticking out of it. I, it's so bad. And then, like, the outfit, I said Victorian, I don't think that's right. It's just, like, it's more just like, like a puffy little uh, neck thing. It's kind of like what the Founding Fathers wore, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well, it's like a puffy, like, neck shirt, but then they're also wearing, like, a cape that looks like they're homeless. Well, yeah, and there's, like, heeled shoes and, yeah. like, pants and the whole thing. It's like, I, ugh, ugh, I hate it. It's, look it up. It's, t- 
horrible. It's, it's really scary. And should not have been shown to children. I agree. <laughs> um, oh, I, I also said that it looks like the vampires from Buffy the Vampire Slayer mixed with Twilight Vampires. So, if you know what those two things look like, you might have a better idea. But also Twilight just, like, weird hair. just look like humans. Well, they're just, like, pale. Well, I'm more talking about, like, the Volturi. They're very, like... I don't know what that means. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Everyone had a Twilight phase. Either you loved it or you hated it. Elizabeth hated it. I loved it. And that's all. Um, yeah. And so he tries to push Larry off the roof, the roof, and he's speaking in rhymes, and he's tormenting Larry, and all of this is happening. Larry's, like, hanging off of the side of the roof because the boogeyman, like, almost pushed him off. And Francis is trying to bring a fucking ladder over still. Right. We also see that Larry's eyes change to, like, the green and pink again as he's dangling Ugh, off the yeah. roof. And so the boogeyman makes him look in the mirror, and, like, as he looks in the mirror, he's, like, that's when his eyes turn, and he starts, like, looking a little bit more, like, boogeyman-ish. Right. He says, it won't be long until she can see a boogie just like me. You'll see that boogie, too, inside of the mirror. Um, And then, yeah, he shows Larry's face in the mirror. Larry falls, the lights fall, the ladder breaks the parents' window, waking them up. Um, and then the entire town blacks out, except for Fran- Francis's house. I just called her Fran here for some reason. <laughs> except for Francis's house, which is now completely covered in Christmas. Like, the, the entire... Yeah, it's not just, like, along the roof. It's the entire house. The entire, like, facade, the roof, everything. Yeah. And Francis obviously cannot explain this logically to her parents. Well, yeah, her parents come out, and she's out there. And so they're like, just what say, the yeah, fuck? Obviously, like, by herself. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the next morning they wake up and all the news is there to talk about the lights because apparently somebody, like, called them, I guess. How would they know? Yeah. No one knows. Also, I don't think that they can legally go onto their lawn. Yeah, I don't know. Dad goes out to get the paper and they're, like, trying to ask him all these questions and they, like, go inside and they're, the parents are like, what are we going to do? We need to, like, get away. Let's go on a ride as a family. And then they're just like, no. Well, We're, yeah, he's like, let's go on a drive to get away from the house. But then Bert and Francis are like, no, we don't want to. Yeah. So, yeah, so then the parents take uh, Darwin and just leave for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, Larry shows up in the garage. And Larry asks if she ever um, did anything to make the boogeyman mad. I put the boogeyman die. I don't know why. <laughs> no, if she ever did anything to make the boogeyman mad. Okay, yeah, that makes Okay, <laughs> Yeah, and so she says, like, no, not that I know of. And the entire time they're talking, Larry is, like, building, like, this thing. This, and like, we realize, yeah, yeah, it's the contraption he talked about earlier. He's trying to help make this machine that can, like, stop the boogeyman. Uh, and then during their conversation, Larry also reveals that when kids grow up, imaginary friends find new friends. But he hasn't gotten a new friend yet because Darwin still needs him. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's what happens. If they, like, outgrow their imaginary friend on their own, then they just, like, get a new friend. But if they don't, then ah, they don't start... don't reveal it yet! <laughs> they don't reveal it yet. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Yeah, because she asks if he ever dies, and then he says, no, like, it keeps us oh. young when we have friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so, <laughs> yeah. But Darwin still needed him. And then, yeah, he's building the machine, and then he explains the machine to her. It's something about the impulses will zap the boogeyman, and then it'll get rid of him. Um, um, and then Larry, he used their dad's vacuum cleaner to, um, to build this thing. And then she's like, that's my dad's vacuum cleaner. And he, like, doesn't believe that the dad likes to do house Because Fran- Francis is like, oh, yeah, my dad, like, likes to do housework. But he, I don't know, it's, like, a really weird thing. He's like, <laughs> your dad likes to do housework. 
Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's been the imaginary friend of many a dads who were like the stereotypical sports know. watchers. Yeah, and they and it's supposed to age the boogeyman because if he's too old to boogie, then he just won't hunt children because he's too old and wants to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then France at, Francis asks why the boogeyman is bothering her, and Larry says that they only like boogeyman only, only normally torment little kids. Um, Oh, and then he, like, agrees. Like, he doesn't know why. That's a good question. Um, yeah. Francis wants a demo, so they decide to attach this machine to a carton of milk for some reason. And then the milk, like, curdles and explodes and makes a huge mess that Francis has to clean up because Larry is an imaginary friend and doesn't have to deal with repercussions. Yeah. Um, and at this point, we notice that Larry has uh, these, like, boogeyman-like claws and... He just claimed, he's like, he doesn't really explain why. He's like, oh, like, I have hands, my nails grow fast. Yeah, well, and it's just on one of his hands at the time, but then he, like, looks at his hands, and the other hand start, like, growing the nails, and, oof, oof, I don't like it. Uh, so then Francis is like, well, I gotta go take a shower because you spilled spoiled milk all over me. Um, and then Francis watch, or, and then as after Francis leaves, Larry watches his other hand grow claws, and he looks concerned, and he starts to clip them using hedge clippers. And at this point, we don't know why he's growing these claws. But kind of. Not real. No, we don't. <laughs> it's not explained. Well, yeah, but you can, like, use deductive reasoning. Well, yeah, that he's turning into a boogeyman, but, yeah. like, they never explained why. Well, with the, with the whole thing with the boogeyman, like, they talk about, like, you're turning into a boogie now, too. Well, I, they explain that, but they don't explain that it's because of cheap. Never mind. <laughs> okay, so Francis goes and is in the shower, and, like, during this point, uh, Larry pops up in the mirror while she's only in a towel after her shower, and he starts talking, and she's like, why are you He's in, in the um, mirror? like, a scuba diver's outfit. Yeah, and she's like, why are you in the mirror? Because whenever they, like, pan the camera, he's not standing behind her looking at her in the mirror. He's actually inside of the mirror. And she's like, get out of there. Also, like, this is creepy. So he, like, steps out of the mirror, um... And he says that... The boogeyman might lay oh. low, so they need to age him before he does any sort of serious damage. Mm-hmm. And what they need to do is make some boogie goo to lure him out. So then we cut to family dinner with the guidance counselor. That, I don't... Is that a thing? Can you just invite, like, teachers or random people over to your house? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that never happened at my school. I mean, it never happened to me, but, like, I know of people who did. Aren't there, like, laws and stuff? I think if the parents are there, it's fine. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird to me. Um, and then, so we learned that the mom is, like, an archaeologist or whatever, and she compliments the mom's bust. Yeah, she, she literally says, <laughs> that's a lovely little bust you have. And mom, like, pauses for a second, and then she, like, turns around. She's like, oh, right, because there's, like, a statue head, like, a bust behind her. <laughs> um, and then we learned that the dad has a Ph.D. in solid waste engineering. He is literally a doctor of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, piled higher and deeper. <laughs> Uh, so then Francis asks to be excused, and she finds Larry cooking in the kitchen, just making a mess. He's cooking boogie goo. Uh, Mom smells it, and she finds Francis in the kitchen with this mess, and she claims that it's homework that she just whipped up in the five minutes she was gone. Of course. Uh, Francis tries to take the pot, but take the pot of boogie goo, but it's way too heavy. 
Um, and then mom, she like tries to understand. She's like, why are you pulling these pranks? But she, Francis is like, I can't explain now, mom. I'm in a hurry. Yeah, and mom wonders if she's forced the kids to grow up too fast. But mom just like ends up leaving because there's a commotion going on. Right, so dad feeds the guidance counselor this pudding that we learned Larry, um, it was made in, in the blender that Larry used to shred Bert's gym sock because that was needed for the boogie Yeah, so the guidance counselor pulls out a sock from her mouth. And it is starts disgusting. Like, she starts, like, fake gagging and, like, all of these things are going on. And for some reason, she doesn't just, like, leave at that point. Yeah, Dad calls Mom to the dining room. Um, Francis finds Larry in the pot. Uh, he climbs out and he's, like, eating the goo. He's, mm-hmm. He really likes the boogie goo. And uh, Francis knows something up, but Larry is immediately like, no, I'm not turning into a boogeyman. And he gets mad and storms out of the kitchen. Yeah, and then Darwin comes into the kitchen for some reason, um, and he ends up stepping in the boogie goo, and he gets it on his shoe. Right, so then uh, Francis walks walks by Darwin's room and sees Larry rustling like half he's like halfway under the bed like kind of like i don't even, we don't really see what he's doing mm-hmm. um francis is like you are turning into a boogeyman and this is where she asks where do boogeymen come from and she opens the book and she reads if a child stops believing in an imaginary friend too soon they may turn into a boogeyman mm-hmm. and then francis realizes that it's her fault because she made darwin stop believing too soon and she's like i have to help you larry yeah uh, well larry says that he can't help like what he's turning into um, Darwin at, comes in at this point and asks who Francis is talking to, and then Francis asks to just be left alone. So Darwin is like, well, you're in my room, but he's like, fine, I will just guess I'll just go to your room. And so Larry asks if... Yeah, so Larry's still, like, half under the bed. He pulls up this, like, little toy car, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, can you give this to Darwin for me? Because he's been looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and at this point, Larry has scary eyes, teeth. He has, like, these pointy teeth, not, like, vampire, but, like, crooked, like, pointy, like, I don't know, like, animal-looking teeth, I guess, and the nails. And so he's, Also, like, his hair, which wasn't in any sort of do, is, like, in braids for some reason now. Oh, yeah. Um, Francis, yeah, Francis suggests, she's like, maybe I can get Darwin to believe in Larry again. Well, and he gets this weird accent, and he's, like, crawling around on the ground, and he's like, do you, do you smell something? Like, do you smell something? Yeah, I, oh, I hate it. Um, and so Darwin is playing in Francis's room. He's playing with a diver toy, which is what Larry was dressed up as in the bathroom. Yeah. And we see that the boogeyman is, like, under the bed. He's in Francis's room. Um, Larry smells the boogie goo and realizes that Darwin must have stepped in it. And so as he realizes this, the boogeyman grabs uh, Darwin's foot and pulls him under the bed. Yeah. And so Larry, like, goes in and see he licks Darwin's shoe and, dis- and sees that the boogeyman has, like, taken him. And then he talks normal again, because he's like, oh, we're just a cop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Larry's like, I, Darwin's under the bed, and I need to go to the boogie world to save him. And Francis is like, well, I need to go with him. Um, and Larry says he needs to get the um, machine that he was working on earlier to age the boogeyman. Um, and he's like, no, you're not going to the boogie world. But Francis is like, I need to help, because I couldn't give him bone marrow. And she finally admits that she was relieved when she wasn't a match to be the donor because she was scared. Mm-hmm. And then Larry, before leaving under the bed, he just says, everyone gets scared. And yeah, he's like, that's a human emotion. You're right. <laughs> yeah, so he goes into the boogie world, and then Francis, um, like... She's like, she gets under the bed, and she sees the portal, and she's, like, halfway in before Dad comes in. And he, and she, like, comes back up, and he's like, did you put a gym sock in the blender? 
And Francis tells the entire truth. She's like, listen, there's a boogeyman after me. He took Darwin. I gotta go get him. Mm -hmm. And then dad goes to, and he's like, maybe your mother would be better at talking to you. Yeah, he just like leaves and he's like, I'll send mom up. Right. And then this is whenever Francis goes back under the bed and through the portal to the boogie world. Yeah. And so she's hanging off of a cliff and then Larry helps her up. And they're in this, like, cave-like area under her bed is where Larry says they are. And they need to find Darwin. And so they get, like, in the car that they talked about earlier, like, the car that It's now life-size. Everything, it's like everything that's ever been under her bed is in this boogie world. So there's, like, old toys. There's a sandwich. Mm -hmm. Which, like, (laughs) I was thinking about, like, the things that, like, would be in my boogie world. And it would mostly be, like, all of my art projects from high school. A lot of hair. like A lot of hair. Crazy amounts of hair. Sweat. <laughs> Disgusting things. Um, and then this is, yeah, and so they take the car, and Francis finally asks why the boogeyman is after her, and Larry's like, have you ever had an imaginary friend? And she says no, and then it's left at that. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, Darwin, or Larry says, the boogeyman won't hurt Darwin, he's just using him as bait to get you, Francis. Right, um, so they're riding in the car down to wherever the boogeyman took Darwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry is wearing the contraption on his back, and it pulls them off. He pulls them off the car as Francis like runs into a giant roller skate, where they find Darwin yelling in a sack. Well, he gets pulled off the thing because he has a cord and the contraption yeah, yeah, yeah. stuck to his back, and the cord like runs out because it's plugged into the wall, like not under the bed. Yeah. Um, and so he tells her to look out. Um, and she... She goes to Darwin in the sack, and mm-hmm. as this happens, the boogeyman rises uh, from, like, wherever he was hiding and sneaks up behind, sneaks up behind her. Uh, Larry is still stuck. We see that he's, like, changed a little bit more into the boogeyman, and he tries to warn Francis. Right. Um, they roll eyeballs at the boogeyman's feet to yeah, knock him Larry's down. Yeah, Larry's trying to help the entire time, so we still can tell that even though he's, like, turning into a boogeyman, Larry still is good. Like, he's trying to help Darwin and Francis, and he's, like, trying to take down the boogeyman. And so, um, he attaches the temporofuge, which is the machine thing, to the boogeyman, and he tries to, like, turn it on, but the boogeyman jumps away. Um, and, this, yeah, this is when we realized that it was unplugged, and yeah, it's not working. He, like, fake screams the boogeyman, and then it was just a joke. So then Francis pushes this giant book over the boogeyman to, like, flatten him. And then Larry comes up behind Francis, and we see that now he is completely transformed. He is full boogeyman, and he's trying to attack Francis. Yeah, he has whiskers, and he's speaking in rhymes, and it's gross, and he's mean now. Um, And the entire time, Francis is carrying Darwin. Darwin is still in a sack. Yeah, in this, like, (laughs) sheet sack. Um, the boogeyman catches her in a net and right, tries... Right, the original boogeyman pops out from under the book and just puts her in a, puts Francis in a net. Yeah. Um, and then Fran- Francis kind of realizes at this point that the boogeyman is calling her Franny. She's like, Franny. Like, yeah. Mm, maybe. It's familiar. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, so Larry takes the net while the boogeyman goes for Darwin to drop him over the cliff. Uh, Francis tells Darwin to call for Larry, and she admits that she was scared, and she thought that if you were a grown-up, it meant you could do anything, and it made you invincible, and that's why she tried to convince him to not believe in an imaginary friend anymore, because that was her thinking, not really Darwin's thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Francis tells Darwin to clap if he believes in Larry, and he does. Oh, because, like, earlier in the movie, they're like, clap if you believe in Tinkerbell during the kids' story time. Um, And so he does, and then Larry becomes normal again and starts helping Darwin. Um, He goes... (laughs) Wait, what? Oh, he goes to... Oh, he pulls Darwin's sack from the boogeyman. Yeah, and then he goes to help, like, 
The he goes and fights the boogeyman while mm-hmm. Francis, like, creates electricity. Well, and he's in his cowboy suit now. Francis yeah. is trying to, like, plug the machine into, like, a battery that's under her bed or something. And for being so good at science, she takes so fucking long. They have this entire <laughs> fight scene that is, like, so stupid for no reason. Yeah, well, the boogeyman, his nails, like, grow into swords now. <laughs> I hate it. Um, and then Francis hooks the boogeyman up to this machine. Um... And as he's, like, age, he, like, ages into this old woman at mm-hmm. the same time. He's like, Franny, Franny. Right. Um, but, then the, but then the boogeyman breaks the machine, and he comes back to his original boogeyman self. Darwin finally comes out of his sack. Yeah. <laughs> and then Francis is like, I'm not scared. I know who you are. And she says, Zoe. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. so, yeah, and so we see the boogeyman transforms into this, like, teenage girl. Yeah. Um, and then after that, all four of them, we just cut to all four of them back in Francis's room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Darwin can see Larry again. They reunite. Uh, the parents come in and <laughs> they say, your father just logged on to the internet news. Uh, and so some of the same things that are happening in Middleburg are happening somewhere else. So we know so, it's not yeah, you. So we know it's not you anymore. <laughs> Um, and so the parents take Darwin to bed, and we find out that Zoe was actually Francis's imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's British. <laughs> and she stopped believing because she lost hope that Darwin would ever get better. And again, the same mindset, thinking that if you're a grown-up, then you're invincible. I don't know why you would think that, but <laughs> it's definitely not. I mean, you do think that grown-ups have their shit together when you're a kid, and then you become kind of a grown-up. That's in quotes as I say that. Um, and My cousin you thinks I'm a grown-up because I graduated college. <laughs> yeah, no. Mm-mm. He literally said, like, he, literally, he was like, oh, like you graduate high school, and then what do you do after that? And I was like, and then you graduate college. And then he goes, and, now, and then you'll be a grown-up? And I'm like... Maybe. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, when you're a kid, you don't realize that you don't just have your stuff together because you're an adult. Um, so, yeah. So then the voice in Larry's head is like, I need to go help the next town. And Zoe is like, I'm going to come help you because you didn't do that great of a job here. <laughs> uh, so they tell Frances that they won't see her again because... She's too old, and she needs real friends, like Joe, who actually lasts forever. Yeah, they say only real friends last forever, but Francis is like, I don't want to lose you now that I, like, believe in you again. Right. And they're like, well, it doesn't really matter because, again, you're too old, so we have to leave. Yeah. Which I don't really, like, understand. Well, they say she's too old for, she's too grown up to have imaginary friends, and then Larry kisses and then Francis. And her out of nowhere. Yeah, and then he just, like, walks off. With Zoe. Yeah, and so Larry says, just because you get older doesn't mean you have to get, get old. old. And then they disappear. Um, so Darwin goes into Francis's room, and he says he's scared. Darwin isn't scared. He's scared. Of the he's not scared of the boogeyman. He's scared of getting sick again. Yeah. And so Larry said that he should talk to Francis about it. And so uh, she says that being afraid doesn't help you. So sh- you should pretend that you aren't scared. Which like isn't the best advice. Like fake it till you make it, I guess. But I mean, like I feel like she should have been like, hey, like it's okay to be scared. Cancer is scary. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but she is, she is 14, so. Right. You can't blame she her know? advice. <laughs> She's, and then she says, I guess it takes a lot of imagination to become a grown-up. Yeah, and then, and then they fall asleep in her bed. While Zo- Larry and Zoe watch over them. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Um, whenever I, t- I wrote Larry and Francis kiss, and then I put a loss of innocence in question marks. Like, I, Yeah, jokes. I thought it was maybe like, like they can't be her friends anymore. And that was like, I don't know. 
I don't know. His way of saying goodbye? Well, so here's my fast fact. So there's this video on YouTube that you can watch with Kenneth, Kenneth Johnson, and he talks about this movie, and... Um, basically he had that like whole story planned or whatever. And then someone from Disney and like one of their, um, I don't know what it's called, but somebody from Disney in the South called and they were like, Hey, what about this kiss at the end of the movie? Like he's black and she's white. And I don't know that that's a good idea. And, um, he was like, no, <laughs> right. People like Disney South or whatever wanted this is, well, their su- Southern affiliates were not happy with the ending of this movie. And in 1999. Was, yeah. And he was like, well, if you don't like it, then like, I don't, don't know. Show what, it. Yeah. He was like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to change it. And he also talks about how, like, whenever he made this movie, he didn't like have specific people, like specific ethnicities in mind for the role. Right. He just cast the best people. Um, and then he explains the kiss in this video, and he says that the kiss is to make Frances think maybe she's more grown up than she thinks she is. It's a step step into her next phase of life or something. So that's, that's Kenneth Johnson's explanation. <laughs> uh, also to help her find strength inside. And, oh, he's proud of this one. <laughs> and this, oh... This is another fast fact. This is the first PG decom that was ever made. Yeah, I saw, I read on IMDb that it got a lot of complaints because parents are like, it's too fucking scary. And so they had to put like a disclaimer before it. Yeah, they did have to put a disclaimer because it is fucking scary. <laughs> so that's Don't Look Under the Bed. I was less scared of it this time, but I am so glad that I made Maddie watch it with me because it's still scary. Um, I think I gave it a three out of five and I put it like... Like, under, like, Johnny Tsunami, I think. I gave it a 3 out of 5 as well. I put it under... I put it at number 8. It is below uh, H-E Double Hockey 6 and above Under Wraps. Because even though it's kind of scary, it's one of those ones that's, like, I don't know, kind of fun to be scared at. It's not bad. It It has definitely, like, an obvious, like, message that it was trying to, um convey which is like you don't have to grow up too soon Mm -hmm. um all that fun stuff like you can still be a kid but you know as you grow thing it just comes naturally well and it's one that has like you said a deeper message without trying to be too deep I feel like because there are ones that try to be too deep and it just misses the mark entirely and I feel like this is like fine for what it is yeah and it did stick around like I remember this movie so intently because (laughs) of how scary it was I I remember the commercial that's it of just um Larry like, whenever he's, like, half of a boogeyman. Yeah, so I feel I've like never for what it is, it. it's pretty good. Um, I forgot to write down what the next movie was. I knew oh I forgot no. something, so I don't know what it is. But I don't know either. <laughs> stay tuned for next week whenever we watch whatever the next movie is. Also, oh, my God, we have a real fan, which is so exciting. Yeah, I don't shout out. Say, I don't want to say your name because I don't know if you want us to. We don't want to put you on blast, but thanks for messaging us. That was so fun. If you want to message us at our um, Instagram, go ahead. Cause we now, haven't posted in a long time. Yeah, sorry about that. We'll try and but post more now. we still now. check it. Yeah, so if you send us a DM, we'll respond because that's so exciting. We- <laughs> we thought only Abby listened to this podcast. Yeah, apparently more people do. Thank you guys for listening. I guess we should, like, say that. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's fun. Keep listening if you want to. If you don't want to, that's Talk okay, to too. Yeah. Um, we're not scary. We're so. just weird. Yeah, no, we're weird. We're weird. <laughs> we're not like other people, and Ew. we don't want to be. I'm um, sorry. That was a Riverdale reference. Um, my apologies. We're going to go now. <laughs> Goodbye.